Hey, y'all, this is Dr. Dre. And this is Dr. E. Welcome back to our podcast, Mixtape Hope. So this is our podcast where we share with you, the audience, both local and international flavor, music, lyrics, artists. But most importantly, we hope to convey hope through those interviews. So this week, we got to sit down and chat with our very good friend, Jared Zeller, who is a friend of the Bayou. He is the founder and president of what we all know as the Bayou Boogaloo Festival, usually held on Bayou St. John. So Louise, this year, you had the opportunity to attend an offbeat path of the festival since it was not held on the bayou. Tell me about your experience. Yeah, so this year, Jared was able to have the festival over at the Broadside Theater right here in New Orleans. It was on May 15th. It was a great turnout and actually was the first outdoor music event that the city was able to host after the pandemic. Going out there, seeing him, seeing all the people set up, looking at the different vendors, seeing the musicians play, seeing the booths open. It brought back a lot of great memories from when we went down to the bayou and had a chance to see it in its full splendor. Absolutely. So we talk a lot on this podcast about life and emotion and wellness. And as we know, wellness is a journey, not a destination. And so what is amazing is that usually when the path of life is literally washed away, occasionally we look for something to grasp. And Jared absolutely came through like a phoenix. So when we were all picking up the pieces of life after Katrina, he was embarking on this dream to bring a festival to Bayou St. John in that area to lift that community. And as you said, lift the vendors, lift the artists, the musicians, the amazing people that we call friends here in New Orleans. So we are going to jump right in, and we are so thankful and appreciative to Jared for sharing his time, his talent, and I think you'll find out uh, a lot more about this community and this festival than you thought you knew. That's good. Hey, y'all. This is Dr. Dre. And this is Dr. Espinoza, also known as Dr. E. And we are here today with Jared Zeller of the Bayou Boogaloo. Um, Jarrett, welcome to Mixtape Hope. Thank you, happy to be here. We are very happy and excited that you are here. I'm gonna jump to my first question, which is, how did you come up with the name Bayou Boogaloo? That's a great question. That's a great question. So uh, I remember post Katrina, I hooked up with a a number of neighborhood leaders, right? Uh, After I returned back to New Orleans and kind of pitched my idea at a neighborhood meeting, right? And um, they seemed pretty excited about it. So we met once or twice, and I was uh, looking for a name that was fun, right? And had a form of music in the name. And uh, I actually was reading the back of a meters CD and looking at the liner notes. And I noticed that their publishing company was Boogaloo Music, but it was spelled differently. It was B-U-G-A-L-U. And I'm like, wow, that's a great name, but uh, it doesn't look fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you're adding all these O's and it just looks better. So so that's how we came up with the name. And I I just pitched it to the group and they loved it. And, you know, you got to have Bayou in there somewhere. It's South Louisiana, right? (laughs) Sure. Of course. So we tried to give it, you know, a place, which is uh, Bayou St. John. 
And I got to tell you, going back this year, because it was on hiatus, so we did the mini version, looking forward to doing it in the spring. You mentioned Katrina, which is interesting, at a time where I know for us especially, we were kind of finishing training and trying to figure out, well, we know this is home and we're not going anywhere. But at a time where people were just trying to rebuild their homes, you were trying to rebuild a community through music. So take me back to where you were, what phase of life you were in, you had small children, I'm sure, because we have mm-hmm. children the same age. Right. Um, what motivated you to say, this is worth it, I want to do it, and I'm going to do it? Hmm. That's a good question. Boy, that's real deep. Uh- <laughs> Welcome to Mixtape Hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. No, so uh, you know, I thought about this when you asked me to be on this show. I'm like, man, I was, like, I was, I was trying to get out of it. I'm like, certainly, there's certainly somebody who's more qualified to talk about the healing power yeah. of music. But, you know, certainly you challenged me to think about it a little bit. And certainly Katrina comes to light because that's when, you know, this part of my life started, which was the festival piece. So prior to that, I had managed some artists. I had promoted some small shows, small concerts. And um, I guess I learned through that process that that was really challenging. I didn't have much control over uh, the artists, number one. And number two, when you're promoting concerts in a small f- uh, small fashion, if you will, uh, at small bars or venues, you know, you're, you're not getting uh, the whole pie, if you will. Mm. So, um, so I had looked at some models uh, prior to Katrina that I thought was really successful, which was French Quarter Fest. You know, it was was one of my favorite festivals because it was free, right? So I love the aspect of free. Wednesdays at the Square is another example of free events where, you know, the whole community can experience music. You know, going to Jazz Fest and being a big fan, there was a time in my life where, you know, I thought that, man, this is not really for middle-class people, it's expensive. It's expensive. And so, and at, at that time, you know, my salary wasn't that great. I'm like, man, I really can't afford to go to Jazz Fest and I would love to go every day. I just really thought that, man, it, it really hit your pocketbook. So I had these things that were like brewing, right? And 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 then Katrina comes and uh, I remember being, being evacuated and the first call I made was uh, to my attorney and I said, hey, Christoph, I want to start this nonprofit and um, I want to produce a free festival along Bayou St. John. I had certainly looked at that venue because um, it's been really special to me living in Mid-City and then watching, uh, going to the, the Super Sunday events. The Super Sunday event is a Mardi Gras Indian event that really like is uh, so in touch. It's just like, the, my opinion, it's like the most fascinating cultural part of new orleans is the mardi gras indian culture so i had gone to super sunday on bayou st john and i thought to myself wow you know nobody uses this venue other than super sunday and uh, such a magical place so being evacuated i'm looking at i don't know if you remember this image it was the coast guard helicopter that had crashed on bayou st john so that image man i'm in a hotel in birmingham and i'm like that image really just kind of gave me the the inspiration. You know, it was like people were being rescued along the banks of Bayou St. John as well, because it's kind of naturally a higher part of land. Um, so just watching people being rescued on the, I'm saying, wow, that's, that's higher land along the bay. <laughs> when the rest of the neighborhood is flooded, I'm like, wow, that's higher land. It must drain. <laughs> so, you know, from a producer thing, I'm like, oh, wow, that, that could be interesting venue. And that was really it. That kind of sparked and gave me the idea, you know, that, that kind of put it in motion. Um, 
And then I really just wanted to do something for the neighborhood. I just, I love living in mid city. Um, you know, I in my house had about five feet of water and all of my neighbors, um, you know, flooded. And I'm like, man, how can I do something to help the community? And, you know, there was a, um, uh, a selfish side of it was like, Hey, I want to do something that I'm real passionate about, which is, which is music. Absolutely. So, um, and it was a point in my life when I wanted to be in the music business and, you know, managing artists and things like that. Um, but then I tell people now, I'm like, I'm not in a music business. Like I'm in the community business, you know? So that's what, uh, goosebumps. that's what Bayou Boogaloo has, has become as such a, um, a community event. And, um, one of more, the powerful, you know, the, one of the, f- the first year we actually had nonprofits, NGOs set up along the, the bayou to really help people make decisions. We were making like crazy decisions. Like, do I rebuild my house? Right. I mean, there was a lot of, th- yeah. I don't know if you guys remember the green dot, like the mayor Nagin is saying, I don't know if we're going to rebuild this part of the city. And these are green dots they are going to be, you know, potentially waterways or whatever, which, you know, I'm not saying that wasn't a horrible idea, but it really scared the hell out of people Sure, sure. <laughs> right? I mean, that you may have to move. Right. Yes. So, um, so that's, that's, I guess how it started. Yeah. And, uh, it's been what, 16 years now. So since then, amazing. How has it morphed into, I guess, as big as it is right now? Yeah. And what's the reception from the community? I mean, do you get fan letters? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is uh, I, I think the the festival. I'm humbled by it. It makes a lot of people happy, right? And yes. and that's one of the most rewarding aspects to me. Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of. Um, great days and uh, producing something like that it's it's a lot of stress it's a ton of risk um and so there's a ton of downside <laughs> um but you know when you see uh, i tell people it's like building a house in a week and so when you see the house built and you invited everybody to come the public um it's rewarding to see the faces right sure. um However, there are people that are not excited about, um, you know, the scale that it's become. You mm-hmm. know, you think about community. It's like originally it was to re- help rebuild a community, share assets, share ideas and thoughts uh, with your neighbors. And then the scale of it becomes big enough where some neighbors go, well, you know what? You guys maybe need to go to City Park. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's too big. And, uh, you know, that was really, I got humbled, you know, a couple of years where I had this ego and I wanted it to really grow mm-hmm. and, and you get humbled and you, and then you realize like, you know, this scale is okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about music, obviously this podcast is about the things that we can't pull out of our white coats or write in a prescription sometimes mm-hmm. in the form of hope. And sometimes that is the most powerful emotion in a room. And for you personally, music as a healing entity, mm-hmm. is it something that you do you do you vibe in like, okay, I'm feeling a certain way right now. So I'm going to go and pick this song that makes me kind of kind of kind of blankets me in that same emotion or do you just random is it just totally random what you put on for different emotional states yeah so you know i thought about this a little bit uh, on the same frequency last couple of days (laughs) um you know i think about for me personally okay so you know i think about 
it's something I learned about myself uh, in my early 20s is that I struggled with chronic depression in my teens, went through a div- my, you know, my parents' divorce and things like that. So I think for me, music really helped me with depression, though I didn't know what the term was even, you know, in right. my teens or how it affected me. But, um, you know, looking back at it now, I know that, um, you know, when I really got in, in, into live music, I was, I was working down on Frenchman Street. Uh, in the early days before it became really popular and it was running at working at a it's now called um blue nile i believe mm-hmm. it was back then it was called the dream palace and um i was really introduced to music specifically new orleans music uh through that venue and you know ended up managing the place and um that's how i met a lot of a lot of artists that i ended up working with as a as a manager or artist development uh person and i really threw myself into that because I, you know possibly i was going through some depression at the time and it really for me was was just healing me i think and i threw i threw my life into it because it was so powerful um, um so that's my personal experience i think um but you know reading some things over the last couple of days you know i mean music was used by the ancient greeks to help us uh, help them with uh, folks that were struggling with mental illness Absolutely. i mean you think about oppression and slavery right? and how gospel music and oh. blues music was born i mean this was interesting that you think about oppression and how it heals people that Absolutely. are oppressed and uh, you know if you look at the course of history you know again just looking at slavery and and then now uh the lb lbgtq community i mean big frida is a great example how big frida is like you know um just uh, probably opening the eyes of the world maybe of, of transgender people and in music. I mean, and it's so great that big Frida is local. Absolutely. You know, so I think, um, I mean, post-traumatic stress disorder, sure. You know, music is used in the military, uh, people struggling with PTSD. So, I mean, there's lots and lots of ways that music is, is healing. And, uh, yeah. So, and that seems to be a big recurring theme with the interviews as far as those teenage years, those formative years, and how music can help in so many ways heal through that. And that's such a powerful time in your life. Yeah. I, I use it for motivation as well. Like at the yes. gym, what do you use to accompany you yes, at the gym? Absolutely. It's music. And so, um, you know, you ask me, what do I, you know, want to listen to? I don't know. It's like, what mood am I in, right? What emotion am I possibly feeling at that time will then dictate what I play. What you choose. Yeah. So if I'm at the gym and I need some energy because I'm feeling low, well, then, you know, put on Get something it. rocking, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, if I'm struggling with something, it might be something, a singer-songwriter or something a little lower so I can share that experience with the artist's or the songwriter. So, um, so your next live music event, next concert that you're going to, I know you have one. Going to? Yes. Oh, wow. I think we're going to Red Rocks um, to see Wilco in a few weeks. Nice. Yeah, early good. August. Fair but brother-in-law would be excited to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm really a, a music, a New, a New Orleans music nerd. Love you it. know, I just love New Orleans music. So, you know, I may go to the Maple Leaf. The Maple Leaf is one of my, my haunts, you know. It's like I just love to hear um, um, uh, 
well, George Porter's always playing sure. there. Oh. Um, there's another band I absolutely love. I'm thinking of New Orleans Nightcrawlers right now because I just produced them, but it's like the New Orleans Suspects. I'm sorry. There you go. Suspects. The Suspects. I love them. I love the 101 Runners. And, you know, it's just real funky, dirty, greasy New Orleans music. I like it. You know, that's kind of what I love. Um, something that's really funky. Has some horns, obviously. Sure. Yes. I don't know if you guys know Jeff Watkins, but he he plays with the suspects. He has, he's actually having some physical problems right now. Um, but he played with James Brown for like eight years. He was James Brown's saxophone no player. Wow. And James used to call him like the eighth wonder of the world. And now you could see this guy. He's a local. Yeah. And now you could see him at the Maple Leaf with wow. the suspects. Like, you know, if he's not ill, but um, he's just one of my favorite saxophone players but I typically like stuff that's really percussion heavy so one-on-one runners is a great example of just the money girl andy and stuff yes you know very cool very cool no i'm like frantically writing down these <laughs> and, and next event that you're producing or helping to. so yeah you know I, I do my own stuff and then I, I help people out but i'm doing an event um thanksgiving week uh in conjunction with parkway bakery and it's really going to be a fundraiser for our nonprofit. Uh, we have some far-reaching goals to try to rebuild the bulkhead along Bayou St. John. And um, it's going to cost a lot of money. So sure. we're just trying to raise awareness sure. and get people excited about it. And we'll have some music as part of that, obviously. Planning a tennis tournament that's going to have music for that. That's next spring and Easter. Big and then Bayou Boogaloo here. will be there back. Plenty of those. Yeah, and I'm, I participate in Yep Fest, which is yeah. Youth Empowerment Project. Tell us about that if you don't. Yeah, mind. so Yep Fest. They, um, my wife was on the board, and they asked for some help producing a fundraising event in March, and it's 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 centered around bicycling, actually. So these teams compete in um, pedicab races. I'm sorry, pedicab races, and and so as part of that, um, we obviously program some music and you know, have some local artists. They also have youth empowerment project, by the way, is a great organization that, um, you know, focuses on inner city kids that may be fatherless or, you know, parents that are incarcerated and things like that. So great organization. So they have, they offer after school programs, they offer music mm -hmm. programs. And so they actually have like a drum corps there for kids. And Very so cool. it's really nice. We always put those guys on the stage and, and give them a platform. Uh, to perform. So Yep Fest is typically in March. Okay. Yeah. And that takes place in Central City on Aretha Castle Haley, one of our historic, you know, black neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, we went to, friends and I went to a tennis tournament in Lafayette a couple of months ago. And uh, it was great because there was music as a part of this tournament. And there was a little after party. I'm like, man, New Orleans doesn't have a tennis tournament where the music is a big component of it because yeah. we can draw people outside of that, you know, tennis players to come for the after party. So we're uh, we're Light working bulbs. on that. We're going to raise some money for City Park. They're going to build some uh, indoor tennis courts, which we were super excited about it. But they have to raise a million dollars. So wow. uh, as a match, so. Fantastic. All kind of yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, that's enough. That was a producing. <laughs> so I have funny. a question for both of you all. Um, you, I think I know the answer, so I'm going to have you go first. How important do you think it is in a child's life, those formative years, to have music and what kind of music? 
very important to have music as a escape. And really, it's any kind of music that you connect with and feel. You know, for me, you know. As a father. Well, it's whatever you connect to. Ideally, the lyrics would match the 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 actual beats, but you never know. Um, it, it's so individual, and that's why you can't really just put one tag on it. For me, it was you know Def Leppard, uh, Hysteria album, or uh, Pyromania album, uh, In Excess. You know those are you th- too. So those are those are formative bands that really spoke to me at the time, and I've carried with trying to force it on yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this generation now, whether they like it or not. Our so, children knew none of hardly any of the lullabies, but they could name the lead singer of Coldplay and YouTube. And uh, yeah, so we credit that with him. Anything but, um, to get out the teenage angst, right? Get him right. out there. So that's my, that's my take. <laughs> Jared, from a father's standpoint, and yeah. also it sounds like your wife is involved in that extension of, of herself and giving with the yeah, fest. Um, how important is music to your children and to children out there in the community yeah well i think you know I, one thing i thought about as i was listening to, to Luis is um you know there's an academic aspect to music as well yes. right is is getting your kids involved and, and learning how to read music um the studies show that it helps them academically with math and i credit that you know for my son personally he was in the marching band um throughout high school and um, he's done pretty well academically, you know, and I, I credit him going, I, I forced him to go to some jazz classes and stuff like that. So right. he, he really, for his age, he was doing pretty well in terms of, um, of reading music. So, you know, I, I think it's super important for parents to get their, involved, their kids involved at an early age in learning music. Um, but in terms of, you know, the emotional side, um, you know, I think you need that that band or there's several bands that uh that help you know express yourself you know music is the uh the cheapest form of therapy that there is yes. and many communities uh are for a lot of us that you know maybe you can't afford therapy you know music can at least express your emotions if you're not able to articulate them and so i think that's a way for kids to connect um with themselves with society and to maybe realize they're not alone if you hear uh-huh. somebody else talking about things that definitely whether it's you know depression or anger or or joy you know whatever right. that emotion is um i think it's it's important for kids to connect um i, I read a quote i'll I just leave you with this uh music heals wounds that medicine can't touch Great quote that I picked up uh, just yeah. on my way over here. <laughs> there you go. It was meant Sounds to be. Sounds like my next T-shirt. That's awesome, <laughs> Jared. It has been an honor to sit with you. I know you have so much on your plate every day, but for you to give this time to us is so humbling. Oh, it's my pleasure. And um, I am especially proud to be able to call you friend. Oh, and, thanks. Um, yeah, thank you for giving us your time. Yeah, and for agreeing to do this. This little infantile like yeah. new podcast well, you and you're a first guest seed and watch yeah. it grow absolutely and if i can help you guys you know touch some other artists that you want to interview or and likewise yeah, and, and we look forward to diving into how we can help and support all of your amazing endeavors thank so. you cool this is great all right signing off mixtape hope thank you 
Thanks for listening. And thanks to our personal friend, Jared Zeller, for sharing his time and talents with us. Thank you all. And thanks to our booking manager, Jillian Zendos. Special thanks to our producer, John Gerard. Till next time, take care, y'all.